Father, we thank you right now. And Father, give us revelation on your word that we can abide in it, that we can live by it, that we can manifest by it. We acknowledge you in all our ways. You said you would direct our path. And today, Father, show yourself strong in the eyes of your people. For your name's sake and glory, I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. How many know that God is a good God? Amen. I'm going to talk to you today about the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to get your faith up because um, I believe that God is going to do something. I, I, I always get this um, dysfunction of the Holy Ghost when he wants to do something for someone. And I don't know who it is yet, but I know that he wants to do something. That's his personality. That is the character because he is a lover. Amen. He's not there to destroy. He's there to love. Amen. So I'm going to go over uh, some scriptures today, today with you. You need to write them down and study them. And I want you to first of all know that God is abiding. He's abiding. Somebody say he's abiding. He's abiding. Amen. The abiding presence of God is right now inside of you. You are carriers of his glory. If you have received God in your life and the Holy Spirit has come into your life, then that means that he is abiding within you. If he's abiding within you, that means that all everything is possible. The Bible even declares that all things are possible to them that do what? Believe. If that's true, and how many know that God has two things that God cannot do? It's impossible for God to do it. He cannot lie, and he cannot change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means that whatever he says in his word, if you get the revelation of that, then he will perform that. Amen? If you and I can't get the revelation of that because we don't see God and we don't seek his face and we don't seek revelation, then it's merely words on the paper. Jesus says the words that I speak, they are what? They are, they are spirit and they are life, which means that his word is actually alive. How many know that the word is alive? Is alive. It's actually alive. Amen. His word is alive. And his word has a personality. And his personality is that he's seeking faith. Who will believe what has been said? So that I can perform that in their life. So that God can be glorified. If you cannot get those words coming out of your mouth through revelation, then what you're doing is that you're going to be miserable. Because you keep speaking it and nothing's happening. And what we have to do as believers is to get the word in our heart and allow the Holy Spirit to blow on those words so that they can become alive and become revelatory us, to us so that we can manifest it. Amen? If we don't do that, then we will always find ourselves frustrated. People are frustrated because things are not happening. And there are a couple things. We talked about the courts of heaven for the last couple of uh, last three or four weeks, but I'm not going to get in that today. But I want you to understand that it's, it's very necessary for you to understand the courts of heaven, and it's necessary for you to understand that God is ready to do something for you because he loves you. God is not out there to swy swap, fly swap you. He doesn't have a big fly swatter ready to swap you every time you sin. He's ready to get you out of your sin 
so you can get into his presence. Amen. And so um, there's a couple of things I'm going to um, talk talk to you quickly about today. But I also want to do something at the end of the toward the end of the service. And um, so you just pray for me while I'm doing this. Amen. Isaiah chapter 28. And I'm going to have a, some scriptures for you. So I want you to just write those these scriptures down. You can go back and, re, and reference them. Remember now, don't always go by what the preacher say. Look for yourself. Get the revelation for yourself. Amen. You'll find yourself much happier when you receive the revelation of the Holy Spirit and your life. Amen. Because nobody has to tell you nothing. Amen. But God uses a preacher. He uses the prophets. He uses those um, instruments in the kingdom to validate what his word has declared. All right. So, and um, Isaiah chapter 28, starting with um, verse number 10. It says, from peace, precept must be upon precept. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Which means that revelation is progressive. Okay. You understand, and as you understand, you begin to walk in it. Okay. Uh, one of the things about the Hebrew is that when you hear the word, when the person hears, faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing produces faith. Okay? When you hear, it produces faith. Faith cannot work if it's absence of action. It has to be an action associated with your faith. Okay? If you don't have an action associated with your faith, then your faith cannot work, okay? And so what people have done is that they have declared, declared, and declared, I need a job, I need a job, I need a house, I need money, and they never do anything. They think it's going to walk to them. But you got to understand, you got to command a thing. Amen? you got to be able to send out the angelic realm to bring things back when there's a sign. Amen? you got to be able to speak to sickness. you got to be able to speak to things, and those things will react to you because you have authority. You sit in a place of authority. Amen? The Bible says we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, what it literally means is that because we are joint heirs with him, we sit in the same line of authority that he sits when it comes down to the earthly realm. Okay? That means that when you say a thing, you ought to expect that thing to happen. Just because it doesn't happen the next day does not mean it's not going to happen. Sometimes God has to prepare you for the thing that you spoke on. And if you speak on that thing, God will prepare you for that thing, but you never give up on what God has told you he's going to do for you. Amen? Because then you let the enemy win. And we cannot let the enemy win. He cannot win. Amen? No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No devil, no demonic assignment, no one, no thing in the heavens and the earth can stop you but you. Okay? So you're the only one that can stop what God is doing in your life by speaking out things that is not associated with God's purpose in your life. Now, listen to what he says here. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Okay? That means that God has a special language that he's communicating to us. Amen? It is the, called the language of the spirit. 
Or in other words, we call it speaking in tongues or we call it um, um, stammering lips or we call it all these different types of things. But it's basically communicating with God. And Corinthians, it talks about the fact that we communicate with God through our spirit man. God is a spirit. We have a spirit. When we speak in a heavenly language, we are speaking out of our spirit unto him, which means that we have direct communication with him. Amen. That's important because most people wonder why things are not happening. Here's why. The Bible says this. We do not know how to pray as we ought to pray. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be what? Uttered. What does that mean? What that means is that, yes, you can say a prayer and you can declare things, but if the Spirit is not involved in the prayer, you may not just hit the target. Which means that you need to understand that I need the Spirit of God to help me pray in alignment with God's Word. Because if I can't pray in alignment with God's Word, I'm going to miss. But if I learn how to pray in the Spirit, then I will hit the target every time. Amen? So God tells us right here that this is the way I'm going to communicate with you. Now, notice what the result is when you communicate with God through this mechanism that God has placed in the body of Christ. Verse number 12, to whom he says, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Okay? What it means is that God will abide inside of them, talk to them, and they will receive rest. They will be weary, but if they begin to communicate with him, then they will receive rest. But people don't want to hear it. People don't want to abide in the rest. What happened to the Israelites? They were in the wilderness for 40 years. They would not enter into rest because of their what? unbelief. And many people are not going to enter into the rest of the Lord because they do not believe what he says. You have to develop your faith. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So in order to develop your faith, you got to be able to hear. And one of the things that the enemy has tried to do is to keep most church people or most people in the body of Christ away from the thing that can, can, they can communicate with God the most and get revelation, and that is prayer. Prayer. Prayer uh, survey says prayer is the least attended of all Christian services. But yet it is the key unlocking the door of the supernatural. All right. So if we begin to pray... And we begin to allow the Spirit of God to move upon us while we're praying. We will enter into rest and you won't be restless. You won't be weary because you have now entered into a place of the abiding presence of the Holy Ghost. The abiding presence of God. Okay? Now, how do we get in that place? you got to have the abiding presence in you. Amen? And you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you his will to do of his what? Good pleasure. Turn to Matthew 6. Amen. I'm getting excited just talking about it. Matthew 6. Jesus makes this awesome prayer. He's an awesome, an awesome pr prr prayer. When he in his earthly ministry, he was awesome. 
Matter of fact, his prayer was so awesome that the disciples noticed how he prayed. And they, they, they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Because when they observed his prayer, when he went into his prayer closet, when he went into a secret place, when he went into a place where he talked to the Father in his earthly ministry, what he came out with was power and demonstration. Okay? Notice the keys. Things are simple. We make things too complicated. Things are just so simple. Uh, you pray. <laughs> the more you pray, the more manifestations you get. Okay? The more you're in his presence, the more his presence is in you. Simple stuff. But the enemy blinds us to the reality of God. And so what he says is, he says, the, uh, they, they see him, they see him praying, they see uh, uh, manifestations, they see results of his prayer. Every time Jesus prayed, there was a result that happened. Amen? Even after he had to pray once and he didn't get the full results, he went back, prayed again, and he got results. Okay? Everybody in here that have the Holy Spirit in your life, you ought to be getting results. You ought to be getting results. Every time you pray, you ought to be looking for something to happen. If you're not looking for it, then that means you don't believe what you said. You ought to be looking for everything that you prayed about. Your dreams that God gave you, you ought to be looking for it. You ought to be looking for the things that God promised you to happen, and God's going to perform his word, but we are our own delays. But if we trust God and believe God and say, Lord, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I hear in my mind. I don't care what the people said about me. I don't care about the things that are going on in my life. You said it. I trust you, and I'm expecting it to happen. I expect it to happen. How many expect it to happen? Just like some of you might have pain in your body right now, you ought to be expecting that pain to leave by the time you leave church. All of that, matter of fact, you ought to be expecting it to leave any minute now. You ought to expect those things. You ought to expect this room to be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the presence of God because you expect it, God will perform it because God works in the avenue of faith. It pleases God to have faith. So if it pleases God to have faith, if you have faith, God's going to smile on it, and God's going to react to it because you're acting upon what he has said in his word. So right now, you ought to be believing that God is healing my body. God is taking care of my situation. You ought to believe that my dreams are coming to pass right now. When somebody says, what action should I take? You ought to just praise him. You ought to just praise him ahead of time. Amen. If you don't praise him ahead of time, then that means you're waiting for it to happen. Then that means that there's some doubt going on. I'm just telling it like it is. Because if I was, I, I use my dad. I said, my da dad says, I'm going to give you a billion dollars on such and say, such day. I'm expecting it. Right? Because he has a reputation of fulfilling his word. Right? So I will be waiting for it, and I'll be shouting it because all these thoughts will be going to my mind about I'm going to get this, that, and the other, and all that kind of stuff like that. And I know I have to wait for that day. I haven't got it yet, but because I know I'm going to get it, I'm going to praise him anyway. So you ought to know that God is going to do something for you, and you ought to know that God's going to deliver. You ought to know that God's going to heal you. You ought to know it because he promised it. He, if you trust him, God is going to fulfill what he says in his word. Because God cannot lie. He doesn't change. If he said it, he'll do it. Matter of fact, the Bible, Bible said, declares this, that he watches over his word to make sure that it is performed. Make sure it's performed. It's performing. It's doing it. It's doing it right now. 
And the thing that you've got inside of you is actually creating and moving and causing things to happen. And he is the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost. Somebody said the Holy Ghost. You ought to know that the Holy Ghost is fire all by itself. You got to know that the Holy Ghost is doing something right now inside of your life. Right now. He's doing something right now. Somebody ought to say right now. He's doing something right now. Right now. He's doing something for me right now. Hallelujah. You got to personalize it. Amen. You got to personalize. How can you go out in the world and show the God of your salvation when yourself is having trouble? Get yourself set first, then go out in the world and show them the King of kings and the Lord of lords and how powerful your God is in your life. We're still in the baby business. Let's get out of the crib. You know, when a baby gets to a certain age, you've got to start watching them because they crawl out of the crib. And some of us are still in the crib, and we're just sitting there like that. Get out of the crib. Get into faith and believe the God that told you what he told you through his word. Get the revelation of it and start manifesting in your life. Are you listening? All right. Now, Jesus is awesome. I mean, he is awesome. I mean, he mesmerized me. Amen. I, I, I just, you know, you have to excuse me sometimes. All right. <laughs> Matthew 6. The Bible says, teach us how to pray. Or in other words, let's say it like this. Teach us how to manifest the things that you are manifesting. And everybody should be doing that. Everybody should be asking that question. Lord, teach me how to manifest the things that you manifested. Because he says that these works shall you do and what? Greater works. Greater works. Greater works. Greater works. Greater works. So that means that if I observe the ministry of Jesus, which he, mean, he taught, Right? He preached, he teached, and he manifested deliverance. Those three in the ministry of Jesus. He did those three things. All right. Now, notice what he says, and this right here is the key. You have the abiding presence of God. You have the Holy Spirit. How many have the Holy Spirit? And you know the Holy Spirit is God in you, but he's also abiding in you, right? It is God's purpose and is God's intent and it's God's mind and heart to take over evil, destroy evil, take it out of the circulation. Amen? For this purpose will the Son of Man manifest it, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay? So God has put his spirit in us to manifest his work in this earth, right? So he says, teach us how to pray. Now, notice this key thing, and I always say it, but it becomes more and more real and more, more uh, revelatory. He says, and I'm just going to say this first part. It says, but thou, when I pray, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret show the war the opening, which means that God wants to impregnate you. God didn't get that. He wants to impregnate you so that what you're doing in the secret place will be known outwardly. So what he does is in the secret place, he forms and shapes you. Amen? So that when you come out of the secret place, you'll manifest that thing that was going on in the secret place. And so in other words, that God wants to do something in your life. So when you come out of the secret place, there's a manifestation of what you did in the secret place. 
Amen? And so this is what God wants to do. He wants to impregnate you, okay, with purpose. Now, I'm going to tell you what he wants to impregnate you with in a minute, okay? And I'm going to skip down because we don't need to hear about um, people not praying right prayers and all that kind of stuff. We all know that. Amen? Okay. Now, listen to what he says. Verse number 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So what does that mean? I am responsible to bring the kingdom into the earth's atmosphere. It's a personal thing because God is telling, Jesus is telling us how to pray a personal prayer. Is he not? So that means that everybody that's under the sound of my voice, you have purpose. That means that you were not born here just because and you were not a mistake. Don't let the devil lie to you and say you were a mistake. You are not a mistake. God's got a plan for you just like he's got for everybody else. Amen. And so what you need to know and what I need to know is that I am responsible to bring the kingdom that is in heaven down into the earth's atmosphere. You got it? I cannot do that alone. You have to have help. Because without the help you need, you can't do it. Because this flush cannot do it. You'll fall the first, first minute. So you have to be empowered by something greater than you. That's the only way it can do. The only way it can be done. So he says, I want you to take the personal responsibility of bringing heaven into the earth's atmosphere. Because the earth is full of sin. It's full of iniquity. It's full of transgressions. It's full of mess. It's full of every conceivable thing that you can imagine. That's a great evil, isn't it? Isn't it? But God says, I'm going to send you that are lambs, that are sheeps, out to the wolves. I'm going to send you out there to the wolves. And the world, wolves, as you know, are trying to destroy you. They're trying to gobble up everything they can. They're trying to destroy everything. But God says, I'm going to send you out there among the wolves. I'm going to send you out there among the evil that's out there. And he says that as I send you out there, I'm not going to send you alone. I'm not going to send you without what you need to go and show the kingdom and bring it down from the earth, from, the, from, from heaven into the earth. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send to you a comforter. And the comforter shall do three specific things. He shall show you things to come, right? Whatever he hears the Father say, that's what he's going to say. Is he not? Amen. Let's, let's turn to St. John chapter 16 so we can read this. I, I think this is, uh, this is real good. Amen. And if you can receive it, you'll find out. St. John chapter 16, verse number 13. How, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Remember, he talks about the spirit of truth. Okay. 
when he will guide you into all truth, and he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he hear, that shall he speak. And not only we speak, and this is where the part that when I grew up, they didn't talk about. You might hear God speaking, but you wouldn't expect him to show you nothing, so you don't get nothing shown. But see, this right here tells me that when you hear the word, it says, he shall, whatever he shall, he, he shall hear, that shall he what? Speak. He's going to speak it first, right? And when he speak it, it says, he will show you things to what? Now, listen. For all of those of you that have dreams and purposes and things that you have saw in the spiritual realm and that you heard God spoke to you, he spoke it first, and then all of a sudden the picture came. When the picture came, you got to, now listen to me carefully. When the picture came, it did not come from the earthly realm. It did not come from your soulless realm. It did not come from somebody telling you something. It came from God, and when he told you it, a picture came up. And what most people don't realize is that when that picture come up, it's God's reality being shown to you in his realm. And what he does is he takes that picture that he shows you and he puts it inside of you. I call it imprints. And it's burned into your spirit and you can't get away from it if you tried. That picture is there and that picture cannot never leave you. It's there. Whether you believe it, whether you always see it. He will show it to you because every word that comes out that has to do with your purpose is prophetic. It's for now and in the future. It's never for the back. It's never for the past. It's always for now and in the future. So when you see that word, he's expecting you to act upon that word because when you see it, you should be acting upon it. Okay? So whenever God says something to you, nobody says, the spirit of truth come. He said he will, he will not only, he will, you will hear it, but you will also see it. How many people see things? How many know that you've got, a, 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 that God is giving you a spirit man that can see? As many, when we taught the class about the, um, the spiritual realm, um, the seer, you, most of us probably don't even know you've got 15 senses. Five senses in the flesh, five senses in the spirit, and five senses in the soul. And every one of them, they act the same way. You just got to learn how to tune into them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And so most people, they only got one sense, one sensual, one sensual mechanism, that's their flesh. And they say dreams. And they don't even know that some of the dreams you have is God showing you the reality of the realm of the spirit in your life. Okay? So you need to know that. Now listen to what it says. Not only will you hear and he'll show you, he said, he shall glorify me and he shall receive a mine. Which means that there, that there, and then he said, he shall show it unto you. Okay? Whatever God does, God's going to get glory out of it. Whenever you do something in the mind of God, through the heart of God, through the revelation of God, God's going to get the glory out of it, and you're going to see it, and you're going to know that he did it. You ought to say hallelujah right now. You wouldn't be sitting here if God wasn't in your life right now. Okay? Now, here's something that you all ought to be getting excited about. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, say I, that he shall take a mine and show it unto you. Okay? That means that power, demonstration, things that are being manifested in the realm of the Spirit, God will show those things to you if you're ready to receive them. They're yours. 
He's going to show it to you. Amen? Because they glorify God. So you need to understand that. You need to get that. You need to search it out. Okay? Now, how many know that you have the Holy Spirit? God promised us in Galatians 3.14. He says he promised us the spirit. And God makes a promise. How many know he keeps his promises? You can't blame God if something doesn't happen in your life because God says it's right there. And when we get on the other side, he's going to show you I had this for you, but you never received it. You never received it because I had it here for you. And then he's going to show you right when you didn't believe and it went right back. Some of you should know that angelic, angelic beings come and they have things right in their hands for you. But because we reject it, they go back. Because we have not, because of unbelief and because we have not perfected our faith. You got to perfect your faith. That's what singing is all about. You sing with an understanding. You sing with understanding and giving God glory and praise. Right? How many want the Holy Ghost to just overwhelm you? How many? How many really want that? You see, it's not too loud in here. I, I, you know, if you, when I go to heaven, I want some noise. I don't want nothing dead up in heaven because nothing will be dead. You're not going to sit in the corner and, and, and just wave your hand like this. It ain't going to happen. And I told you when I met Dean Braxton, he was telling us about the time in heaven when he got into heaven and, and somebody mentions the name of Jesus, he says all of heaven just alerts and starts singing and praising God. Everything is alive in heaven. Colors are alive. Personalities alive. The mountain of God that he sits on is alive. All that stuff is alive. Amen? Ain't nothing dead up there. Even the throne that God sits on is alive. And you see that in Ezekiel. That's the moving throne of God. And the moving throne of God is alive. It's got eyes all around it, and it's got wheels on it, and it's moving. Amen? And God wants to move that throne in your life. Amen? God is doing something for you right now. Somebody say he's doing something right now. Okay, now, turn to Acts chapter number 1, and we're getting down to the meat. Acts chapter number 1. I'm excited because God, in these, in, these, in these days in which we're living in, God is searching the earth. He's searching to and fro in the earth. And he's looking for vessels that will submit themselves to him that he can use. A lot of people have defaulted from the faith because they got disappointed in church. Okay? And, and that tells me that if you're disappointed in church, that means that you're disappointed in God's bride. And God's bride is being perfected. Now, let me just tell you about um, um, men. If, you get, if, if men get married or get ready to get married, they have an anticipation about their bride on that day they get married. They expect when, when she shows up in, that, in, the, in the back or however you have your wedding, they expect that bride to be beautiful. They expect that bride to look good. Amen. Am I telling you? And the bride is expecting to look good. She's going to look her best. Right or no? Yes? No? Y'all like, I know that marriage, let's, let's think about the good things of marriage. <laughs> let's expect about the expectation. <laughs> because this is how God, Jesus is about his bride. He expected with, on that day of the marriage, he expected his bride to be perfect. Not spot or wrinkle. 
or any such thing. He expects the bride to be white. He expects the bride to be perfect. He has an anticipation about his bride. And you and we are the bride of Christ. He has an anticipation about us. There's an anticipation about that great day that we're going to sit and we're going to be in that great marriage supper of the Lamb. Are you going to be there? Because he has anticipation that you're going to be there. Because he loves you. He's looking at every good thing about you. You see, don't get fooled by the enemy. The enemy wants you to think that God is thinking something mean about you. But the word says this in, Isaiah, uh, in uh, Jeremiah, I think it's 29, 11, He says, my thoughts of you are thoughts of good and not of evil. To take you to your what? Expected end. God expects you to be in the bride. He expects that you fulfill your purpose. He expects that of you. Amen? And so this is what he says here. Because now that we understand that the Holy Spirit is in us, he wants to use you to turn the world upside down and to show the character of the kingdom, which is love. Okay? People are lacking love today. And they need love. And the only way they're going to get true love is through the church. I don't care what you might say. It's not going to come through the flesh. It's, it's nice to have somebody to love you and all that kind of stuff like that. But true love only comes from the throne of God. Because God is love. God is love. Somebody say, God is love. And he's going to love you regardless of you. He's going to love you regardless of you. You might not even love yourself, but God still loves you. And he'll take you to a place of his love that becomes so profound to you, you'll, you'll, you'll break down and say, how can he love me? Me. And he says right here in um, verse number 8 of Acts chapter 1, he says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you. Okay? You shall receive power. That word power there is dunamis. It means explosive, exerted power. It means that that power will break up anything the enemy is trying to do in somebody else's life. It means that nothing can come against it. You know what God told Joshua? He said, well, every place that you set your foot on, it becomes yours. He said, the men can't stand up against you. Hey Amen. They won't be able to stand up against you because of what is inside of you. And what God is saying is that when the Holy Ghost come up on you, you shall have dunamis power. That means that you, when you walk into a room, everything in the, uns in the spirit will recognize that God is here. Because God is in you. And you in him. And as a result of it, then the enemy has got to back up. But the enemy knows when you got blinders on. He can see when your glasses are dim. Well, you don't even know who you are. So when you are actually enter the room, the demons take you over instead of you taking over the atmosphere. Whenever Jesus walked in the room, whenever Jesus sat down with sinners and ate with them, he didn't worry about them putting no voodoo on him. He understood who he was. He understood that when he sat down, the atmosphere was going to be changed because he was there. And that's how we are. As he is, so are we in this world. And because we are like him, whenever you walk in a room, the atmosphere should change.
You ought to be ready for a quick healing. You ought to be willing for casting out a demon here or there. You ought to be willing to prophesy and say what the Lord loves you so much because what you did last night, God wanted to bring you out of that mess, and I'm here to tell you it's going to be all right because God's going to deliver you right now. Prophesying is not just for preachers and prophets. Laying hands on the sick is just not for those that's anointed to heal. Hallelujah. You can't, you, just because I got a mic in my mouth doesn't mean that I can't preach on the road or on the, on the sandbox or out in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the forest. Wherever there's an opportunity, my mouth should open up because God is inside of me. And when God is inside of me, the Holy Ghost is there and it will speak out. And whatever you say, he will back up. Turn to Mark 16, 16. You ought to just give God praise right now because he's doing something for you right now. See, you got the Holy Ghost. How many got the Holy Ghost? I'm not talking about no Holy Ghost that is running against devils and running when the devils show up. It was this, this story this, uh, this older sister told me about when they first encountered the demon in church. They were in what we used to do, Tyrion, and it was in the Tyrion room, and they're Tyrion, <laughs> they're Tyrion, and all of a sudden, the lady that was Tyrion, she said, Rawr! demon popped up. And guess what they did? They ran. They ran, they ran, they ran. Now, here they are, have the Holy Ghost. And they're running from the devil. Well, the devil should be running from you. It says, resist the devil, and he shall what? Flee. I like the other edition of the other meaning when Kenneth Hagin said, he says this, he said, when, he says, resist the devil, and the devil shall run from you as in terror. If you know who you are, the enemy will run from you. Even in the Bible, it talks about the fact that the enemy shall come at you one way, but he shall, he shall flee from you seven ways. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is inside of you. Are you listening? Listen, you got the Holy Ghost right now. You, you ought to be stirring it up right now. And what he says here, now notice what it says. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, that means God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. Is he with you? Is he with you? I want to know if he's with you right now. I know that you're going to cry. Let the tears fall, but still believe God. I know it's going to get tough on the road sometimes, but let, it, let you go on the tough road, go into your wilderness, and come out victorious. Don't go in the wilderness and die. Go in the wilderness and get power. As Jesus came out of the wilderness, he came out in power. You got to come out in power. You know you got to be processed. You know you're going to go through some things. You know that you, there's some things that are going to press against you. But guess what? You don't have to fall victim to the test. You're supposed to allow the test to actually catapult you into the next level. So when you come out of that wilderness, you come out with overcoming power. If you don't have the overcoming power, then you're going to go right back in there and you're going to keep going around and around and around until you get the revelation that this is only a test. And I know sometimes we feel like, oh, it's, it's this, you know, it's late and all that kind of stuff like that. But you know what? I'm going to just tell everybody, it's never too late for God. Never too late for God. God will use somebody 80 years old, 90 years old. Amen. 
heal you, somebody 90 years old. I remember this old sister. I forgot what they called her. She was uh, on the east side of Detroit, and she was just sitting in her chair. And when people came up to her for prayer, she would just speak, and things would happen. Mother boy, yes, that was her. Mother boy. She would just sit in the chair, and then she would just begin to speak, and things would just happen, just like that. Old lady. But she had power. Why? Because she possessed the Holy Spirit. Okay, Matthew, uh, Mark 16. I'm almost finished. Verse number 20. You need to get this. We need to get this. I had to get this. I had to read this over and 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 over again. Faith comes by what? Hearing by the what? Sometimes you got to keep repeating it, keep repeating it, keep repeating it until it gets to be second nature to you. Because if I said the, the, the old lady in the Wendy commercial, and what was the, the, the tagline? Where's the? Where's the beef? Everybody know that because you heard it over and over and over again. You got to do it just like that. So when you hear the word over and over again, and when the situation comes up, out of your belly shall come a spring of living water. Notice what it says. And thy, they went forth, verse 20. They went forth preaching what? Everywhere. That means that they didn't care about where they were. They went forth and they declaimed the gospel. Okay? And the Lord, notice what it says. The Lord was doing what? Working with them. Why? Because the commandment is, is to make all the kings of this world the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody got it? You cannot do this uh, without knowing the purpose that God is doing. God is trying to save the world from hell. He's trying to save the world from destruction. I'm not talking about the physical world, and that's included, but it's not gonna, that's not going to work. But he's trying to, include, he's trying to save the souls that are in the world. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He's trying to save the, soul, the souls in the world. And what has happened is that the enemy has blinded the minds of people. But because you dwell in the light of God, the revelation of God, you have the power to speak to open their eyes up to truth. When their eyes are open to truth, then they can get free. And your job is to break the chains off of them. You can't say, oh, that's Jesus. No, that's you. That's you. That's me. We are Jesus in this world. We are his representative. We are the ambassadors that he has left here to destroy every work of the enemy in the lives of people. There are people that are chained up with drugs. There are people that are chained up with prostitution. There are people that are literally going to commit suicide because somebody chained them up in their mind somewhere in their past, and the enemy has tricked them, and they are bound. They can't get free unless there's a power stronger than the power that's on them. And that power that's on you is the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a mighty power. It's a working power. It is there to destroy the works of the enemy. So you can't be scared to go out and tell the enemy, loose them and let them go. You can't be scared to go to cancer and say, cancer, die in the name of Jesus. You cannot allow the fire that's inside of you to die. It's there to destroy the works of the enemy have to do it. Somebody's going to do it. Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? What is going on inside of you that you can't do it? 
you either trust God or you don't trust God. All this other stuff that's going on in the world is it, it, nothing but second and third. The kingdom is demonstrating power. And it's got to demonstrate it through you. And I'm going to say this last thing. There's two works of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 27 and 10, where it talks about it is anointing. I'm going, to, I'm going to just read this. And then there's Acts chapter 10, 38. And you need to know it. How many have the Holy Ghost? Your faith should be lifted. Amen. You should be able to do something. Don't let the enemy overtake what God is doing in your life. Somebody say, God, do it for me right now. God, do it for me. You ought, to be, you, ought to be, you ought to be saying it. Amen. Nothing won't happen unless you say it. You have to say it. You have to declare it. You have to say a thing. Amen. I'm saying Isaiah 10. Isaiah 10. Father, I praise you for what you are doing right now. Open the eyes of every one of us, Father, that we will understand and know. There shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Everybody understand that? I know that we think it's, uh, it's talking about, it's not talking about the kind of anointing that you may be thinking about. It's talking about an internal work of the Holy Spirit that shapes your personality and your character in the kingdom. Somebody said, how is that? The, the word anointing here, it does not mean smeared. What it means is fat. It means that the more the ox consumes, the bigger he gets to the point that the yoke that is on him snaps. That's how people are delivered. See, when you hear the word, your spirit is actually eating the word. When you get the revelation of the word, the thing snaps. Let me say it again. I don't think you got it. Let me go over to this side. When you begin to hear the word, that means your spirit is eating the word. You're consuming the word. You're actually consuming it. Your spirit, man, is consuming it because your flesh has to be subject to it, but you have to consume the word. The more you consume the word, the bigger you get in the realm of the spirit. When the revelation comes, the yoke snaps. Y'all didn't get that. When you eat the word enough, the yoke that's around your neck, the thing that keeps bothering you, the thing that you keep trying to overcome, the thing that keeps bothering you, keep asking for forgiveness, or the, when you get the word and hear the word, faith begins to rise up inside of you. When faith begins to rise up, revelation comes, and that's the snapper of the beam on your, on your, around your life. Rules don't do it. You can tell people, don't do this and don't do that. They're going to sneak and still do it anyway. That's why you forget about the spiritual police because if somebody's going to do it, they're going to walk away from the church and go in a dark place and they'll still do it. What we need to teach them is how to snap the yoke, how to snap that thing off their life, how to snap that thing and bring deliverance to their life because they hear the word. Hear the word, everybody. Hear the word and it will snap off your life because the word is power by itself. Nobody's saying that too much. You're always going to have problems. You're always going to have an issue. But until you get the revelation of it, this, it, you will be in bondage. That's why hearing the word becomes essential. So in order to hear the word, you've got to let it grow, and it shapes your character. So the anger don't come out. The frustration don't come out. 
People can reject you and say, and you can forgive them and say, Lord, they know not what they do. Because the character of the kingdom, because the character of the kingdom is what's going to save the world. Because you got to love them. I don't care who it is. It could be a homosexual. It could, it could be a, a drug addict. It could be somebody that you just uh, uh, feel like they, they need, need you to burn, a child killer. But because of the love of God, God loves the child killer too. God doesn't have favorites. He invites the world. He invites all of them. He didn't come to save the saint. He came to save the sinner. And that power inside you, which is the kingdom power, that shapes the character to show the world the kingdom character, then he gives you the outward power. When the Holy Ghost come upon you, he shall give you power. That power is that, is that dunamis power to destroy the yokes on people's lives. If they're unbound, they need to be set free. Do you understand what I'm saying? They need to be set free. Sickness have got them. You've got to set them free. You're responsible for it. You're responsible for it. If God gave you an encounter with somebody and you know they're bound because God told you, you are there to do something. Whether they reject you or not, you need to go after it and say, Lord, give me a word to say. Give me a word to prick their heart. You know what? Jesus, when he spoke, he understood because by the Spirit of God, he was able to see the hearts. As he is, so are you in this world. If we become ministry-minded, then God will give us the revelation to break the yokes off people's lives and not put them down, but bring them up. Bring them up to the level in which God can use them. You see, when, they break, when you break it off their lives, they can break it off somebody else. And the kingdom expands, and it moves, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger. And the word that is preached, it gets more manifested. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's why you got to have a fire. Sometimes you get weary, but you got to have a fire inside of you. Fire. Somebody say fire. You can stand on your feet. You can stand on your feet. Somebody say fire, 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 fire. I need fire. I need a fire. I need some fire. Hallelujah. You need some fire. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, the only way you'll get some fire is you got to have the Holy Ghost. 